All right, everybody. You know, I was just talking with my friend Dwayne here. Dwayne, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, John. Great to be here. Great to be here. Dwayne Donner, and we were just talking about legacy and what is legacy. And folks, I'll never forget, I was invited by Marsha Gordon. Some of you know Marsha, amazing friend of mine I met through the Halftime Institute. I heard her speak about what she is doing in the world with Bridge to Rwanda and and I uh, joined Marsha and Dale Dawson and some other amazing people on a trip down to Kigali, Rwanda, to spend time down there and get to know what Bridge to Rwanda was all about. Amazing. If you guys want to get involved, let me know. But we were there. We were having lunch with all the students that were part of this program. And, and I heard this guy speak. I can tell he's definitely not from Boston. I'm, I was... <laughs> down there from uh, Alabama. And I got to tell you, Dwayne, I think you, uh, as you prayed, I was like, wow, there is something special about Dwayne. I want to get to know you. You guys have been out there, right? And you've met those certain people and you hear them talk, you're like, wow, I want to spend some time with them. And uh, I'm so glad we were able to kind of with your schedule, get you to come on the podcast. So thanks for making the time. And just a little bit about uh, Dwayne, folks. 31-year marriage, amazing, uh, kids, two kids, four grandkids. But the thing, uh, Dwayne, what you have done all through business, starting in the what I believe the oil and gas industry and in all kinds of different areas, and now from a kingdom perspective, you're working with people on how to build and sell and buy companies. But you also were part of and started the Heritage Forum, which is... Right. Hey, how do we gather high capacity leaders? And folks, I want to know if you're listening and you're in partnership with Father and you're seeking his will in the world right now, right? On earth as it is in heaven. We're talking about the kingdom mandate of the gospel. You are a high capacity leader. I, you know, let's get that right. Okay. And the Heritage Forum is all about legacy. And, and we've talked a lot about legacy here on the podcast, because if you guys remember back as part of my story, when 10 years ago, when I was laying in a, in a operating room and a neurosurgeon came in to do my first brain surgery after my accident, and what I heard was, is I wasn't going to make it. And even though I'd just been in God's presence, the question that went through my mind was this, first of all, inheritance, do I have enough to leave to my wife and kids so they're okay? life insurance and investment accounts and all these things. And I'm like, you know what? It could be better, but it's good enough. But then I started thinking about legacy, Dwayne. And I started thinking, what have I left in my wife and in my kids and in this world? And the question I had to ask myself was, had I lived a life so the use of my life would outlive my life? And that is where I was convicted. And that became my prayer as I recovered to truly and deeply seek God and understand his nature and who he was. Because for the first time when I was in his presence, somebody asked me afterwards, Dwayne, when you were standing there with the Lord, how would you have described him right then in that moment? And nobody had asked me that question before. And the only uh, thought, the only word that came into my head immediately was a friend that's who was standing next to me was a friend and a father wow. and in that i wanted to then understand who god made me to be not who i thought i was 
And I knew that if I could map those, if I could get clarity on those two areas, the rest, the why, the what, and the how, would all take care of themselves. Because before I used to, <laughs> I used to get that backwards. I wanted that assignment. I wanted that calling. I wanted that what so that wow. I could get into action. But with that, I know this has become a passion of yours and something you're doing in a, a really powerful way to equip people to connect to their purpose, to live intentionally, to think generationally from both stewardship and generosity, to really pursue a vision for their lives. But if you could bring us back a little bit, maybe kind of walk us through some things that God has taught you through your life that has led you toward this being such a passion for you today. Yeah, well, thank you, John. And I think we have so many things in common. Of course, the biggest thing we have in common is, you know, that we've been touched by the Lord and, you know, he changes us, he transforms us and gives us, you know, just unbelievable, you know, God vision and purpose. So, you know, for me, you know, grew up in a great family. I'm actually originally, you know, I'm in Alabama, so I talk a little funny, but I'm via Louisiana so that it's it's even and even worse because you know, I'm kind of a Cajun redneck concept here. Um, but, you know, grew up in a great family, you know, grew up in a Catholic kind of background, going to good schools and all that. And um, <clears throat> of course, down in Louisiana, you know, part of the culture down there is eat, drink and be merry. We, you know, had a lot of fun, but, you know, I really didn't have a a godly connection from a relational standpoint. And as I, you know, got married pretty young, I was actually in the army, you know, coming out of college and served for a while during Desert Storm and got married, you know, early, started having kids and kind of grew up quick, um, but didn't, you know, and was very ambitious. And, you know, and I always like to talk about this concept of identity. I really didn't have an identity in Christ. So I was trying to, you know, by the way, when we don't have our identity in Christ, we're generally insecure because we don't have that rock and that guidance. And so I worked really hard trying to, you know, build my security and, and accomplishments like a lot of men do. And it, it took a toll on my marriage and my relationships. And, you know, well, you know, kind of at the age of 33, you know, was at the verge of losing my wife and my family. And uh, because I, you know, really just put all my eggs in the basket of trying to be successful and by the grace of God, and, you know, I got invited to a men's you know, group, a Bible study. Actually, the guy who started our church 21 years ago was leading. And by the way, that's a miracle in and of itself. This church I'm, I've been able to be a member of that's grown from zero to, you know, 60,000 plus people influence all over the world. And, you know, I get to be part of all that. But, you know, he was actually doing this men's small business, men's small group in a guy's house with 10 or 20 guys on life purpose. And of course I deeply desired to know my purpose. And he said, look, is that, is that what made here. you show up, Dwayne? You were like, Hey, here's, I don't, you know, I'm not really a Christian, but these guys are getting together and talking about purpose or what kind of made you say yes. Uh, what would make me say yes. I was night. at a point in my life. I think a lot of men get to at different stages. For me, it was that point of early thirties where I really felt like, you know, I was a bit, you know, at just disappointed in my life. I felt like I hadn't, I hadn't really achieved. It wasn't going like I hoped. And I, I recognized and I always knew that God really was probably the answer, but I, I'd avoided him. I figured I'd do that later. So I was really, God was calling me and I just happened to get invited to this thing. I didn't even know what the topic was. And I had had some friends and family that had been, you know, had, had recently given their hearts to the Lord and been transformed. So I was very curious. I went there 
And essentially what he said in this study, and it was kind of Ephesians 2.10, but he was like, look, if you really want to know your purpose, then you have to know the person who is God who created you because he knows your purpose, but you got to know him to know your purpose. And I was so desperate. I said, okay, well, I want to know God. And I was just at that place. And at that Bible study, I, I gave my heart to the Lord and um, literally woke up the next day. With the, I never really understand this concept of being born again until it literally happened to me. And I really had this whole new perspective on life. It was very miraculous what I experienced. And it changed everything in my life. It changed the way I saw my wife, my family, business, everything. And it was just such an amazing gift. And from that, I've never been the same since. That was 21 years ago. And God's really just done an amazing work over those years. And I've been walking with the Lord since then. And what I've discovered mostly during that time, and in fact, I mentioned this, and, and I think it's, you know, if I had to like share one thing with anybody that I think is the most important thing, it's obviously that we know God and surrender our hearts to him and make him Lord. But the second most important thing is that we stay connected to the vine. I mean, my life verses, you know, John 15, 5. I love the book of John chapter 15, but he, you know, makes this, you know, kind of analogy to the vine and the branch. John 15, 5 says that, you know, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branch. And if you abide in me, remain in me, then I'll remain in you and you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And I think that concept of abiding and remaining when he says, you know, he basically says now, okay, I'm, you know, you're saved and I'm, I love you and, you know, you're going to heaven. But if you really want to get the most out of this and live the abundant life, you have to, you know, you need to abide in me. In other words, we need to pursue that relationship daily, make it a priority. Yeah, I want to say two things there. First of all, think of all of us that are going to a great church that we love, or we're in a small group, or we're in a men's Bible study. And think about this, this transformation, and you guys can just hear the impact that it made in, in Dwayne's life. And somebody invited Dwayne. Mm -hmm. Think about that. What happened if I went to church and was saved, but then never invited anybody? That chain of bringing people into the kingdom stopped with me. You know, I think about that. And you know what? It doesn't have to be weird or awkward. You can just, when you find something amazing, just say, hey, you know what? Why don't you come to church with me? Hey, you know what? I just invited two guys to join our, our men's Bible study and and they joined. It's it's just been amazing to watch what God is doing in their life, just with what God is doing. And in that, one of the things that we've been focused on is the word abide, Dwayne, for the last three months as a group. What does it really mean to abide? And I got to tell you, for me, it's become a spiritual practice that is not only knowledge, it's truly transformed my relationship with the Lord. I hear from God about what I need to do each day directly from the Lord while in his word. It is, it has been amazing. And I would just encourage everybody. I think we're going to do a, an entire podcast on what does it look like to truly abide, to truly stay tapped into the vine like Dwayne is talking about, but some two really important things that you just shared there, because what you said is right. Uh, 21 years ago. 21 years ago. Yeah. 21 years ago, you were saved. Yeah. And you've been on fire ever since. How do you maintain that? Right. You maintain that by staying connected to the vine, by abiding, by 
and you know what, we all have our, you know, highs and lows of our spiritual journey, but that next step forward, God loves you infinitely and he wants to show it to you. But like you said, Dwayne, I love it. You have to be in relationship with him, right? So that you can have those conversations and then also be able to hear his voice. Amen. And so since then, a exciting journey of faith. And by the way, we've had ups and downs, you know, we've been through a lot of things. I've been married 31 years. And, you know, I actually have three kids and six grandkids. I know my bio is a little confusing. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> but as we have these kids, but, you know, it's been so exciting to see what God's done. The, some of the challenges I've faced, you know, in business, obviously the Great Recession, 2008, now we're in the, you know, M&A transaction business. So that was challenging. And of course, well, not another big, one of the biggest things my wife has been through several bouts of depression you know, very intense being hospitalized um, several times and, you know, with young kids and all that. And through that, God's been so faithful and, you know, grown me in so many ways. And, you know, on this journey of faith, he's continued to just lead me and guide me into the still, you know, besides the, you know, to lie down in green pastures, abide still waters and just enjoy the process, even in some of these tough times, but the fruit now, I was telling my wife the other day, by the way, you know, my wife and I are in this amazing stage of life where we've been through a very challenging years, but, you know, we're finding this beautiful place where my wife has grown and, you know, been healed in so many ways. And we're just flourishing in our relationship, which is so such a blessing and an answer to many years of prayer. And one of our things is perseverance, because, you know, there were many times where we, you know, we could have and probably wanted to give up because it was so hard, but you know, God's very faithful and all that and his you know, blessing. Well, you know what though, because I, I would be willing to bet right now, there's a lot of people that feel that level of either stress, adversity. I think the uncertainty um, in the world, the way that we're perceiving it is making sometimes keep moving forward for some people more challenging. What, yeah. what would you share with some of those people that allowed you and your wife to kind of, you know, press through versus say, because sometimes we see that resistance is how I've interpreted it in the past is this is maybe evidence that I went down the wrong path and I need to pivot. And looking back, I'm like, you know what? That was me. And I pivoted because I wanted something to be easier. And if I had pressed through, I really feel now looking back in a couple inflection points in my life, that man on the other side of that would have been something really special. Yeah. And I'm sure there's more challenges to come, but that's called life. But we're on the other side right now of these challenges and really bearing the fruit. And that's one of the things I just want to encourage people. One, the the unbelievable beauty of, you know, <clears throat> that God gives us of when you do persevere and work through this and the sowing and reaping. So right now we're reaping. I'm telling my wife, it's like, it's so cool to be at a point in life where we're harvesting a lot of what we've planted over many, many years in so many areas. So the inputs are way less, I mean, than what the outputs are. And I believe that's just a principle of how God works as we age, which I get so excited about because there's a compounding value to sticking with it. The way I got through that is two simple things. One is I stayed connected to the vine and God's word. And so I didn't get confused, even though my feelings and there were many times when, you know, even my close friends and people were encouraging me to do things that weren't 
aligned with God's word. And so God gave me what I needed because I would, I did stay connected and made that the highest priority of my life because that's a protection we have. Secondly, I've always been connected to other godly men through, you know, small groups and just kind of accountability groups. And these men I confided in and I, they knew, you know, very intimately, even my partners in business, we pray every, every Monday morning, they know what's going on with me. So, you know, you got to have people very close that can encourage you. And also when you're kind of at that place where you want to quit, you know, they encourage you to stay the course. And, and without that, I think it's almost impossible. And sometimes in these things that we want to quit, because we can get confused and, you know, want to take the easy route, but those two things, and we all hear about that, but just really making that part of who we are and how we live is, I think, just key to life. And, you know, walking through these times and challenges that we all face. Yeah. And I, you know, and I know doing a little bit of your story, right. And you alluded to it, right. Married young. Yeah. Finding your faith, launching your first business. And, you know, the entrepreneurs out there can all relate to the incredible highs and lows of that journey. Your wife being diagnosed bipolar mm -hmm. and, and walking through that health challenge and then having the economy just pull the rug out from underneath you. Mm -hmm. And through this, was there a point, I think maybe uh, as you were growing in your faith and staying more connected to the vine where you said, you know what, honey, we're going to get through this. Yeah. Like there, was there like a point you can look well, back? I mean, there were you know several, several points throughout this where God gave me supernatural, sent people into my life, gave me supernatural encouragement through mainly through people that I was connected to that I was like, there's no way, you know, like there were certain things that happened at certain times where like, this is God. There's no way this person could have known this. It was like prophetic things. And it was so encouraging. So it wasn't one thing. It was a lot of things over many years. Cause it was a, this was a, this was a long time. It wasn't, you know, just a couple of years. And then um, recently God just continued to do things. So, you know, again, I think, we think about things many times as like these one-time events. And I've had a lot of great things happen that were, you know, markers in my life. But honestly, for me, most of this has been, you know, just little things over a long time that show God's faithfulness. And I do think it's easy to misinterpret you know, and it's easy on one hand, but it's, that doesn't even make sense to think that if we go through challenging times, that may mean that God, God's not, we don't have the favor of God or we're doing something wrong. I mean, we, it's easy for us to fall into that trap. That is really a lie. God is for us. He's with us. And by the way, if you read the gospel, if you read, you know, 90% of the stories in the Bible, they're not stories of everything's easy and we live happily ever after. They're stories of you know, overcoming their stories of perseverance and pain. And that's how we really grow. And if you have that, the reality that no, to grow in Christ is to live in Christ and suffer with Christ and knowing he's there, even when things, you know, aren't necessarily going the way you want them to, which by the way is, I think that is what sanctifies us and helps us become who we're called to be. I'm a way different man today in so many dimensions because of what, you know, I've walked through and I'm rejoicing that just like you started my whole conversation with the story of, you know, your tragedy, which is so hard for me to almost even hear because it's so horrific, but it was the biggest gift of your life. 
And so that doesn't make sense, but that's really how God works. Isn't it though? And when you said, uh, you know, you got to be careful who you're listening to. Think about this, right? When we are formed, the um, I believe God's will, his calling, our gifts, our strengths, everything, right? As soon as we are formed in our mother's womb, you know, it is visible to the heavenlies. God can see it, you know, but that also means the enemy can see it. Right. And all the enemy has to do to pull us off track is to speak into two things, I think, that we have to be very careful about. And that is your identity saying, hey, you're not worthy. You can't do this. Or into those, you know, you talked about Ephesians 2.10, right? Those works that have been prepared, those good works. Right. And just say, hey, you're not, you know what? It could be as simple as, hey, you're not ready. Or you'll fail or you'll embarrass yourself. And we have to be really careful about the voice that we're listening to. I have learned a lot of the things that I honestly thought like, hey, you know what? God's punishing me because I wasn't faithful in this back here, right? That's why I'm having these consequences today. And I was thinking, I was actually abiding the other day. And actually, I was looking at how Jesus responded, right? Because in Psalm 23, it says that, you know, God is our defender. Amen. Yes. And they called Jesus a son of a devil. They called him a devil. They called him a false prophet. You know what, how he responded to every single one of those people that said in that time, some of the most horrific things you could have said to somebody, he said nothing. Right. He loved them. Right. He prayed. Uh, he sought God's wisdom on how to minister to them. Wow. And so we, you know what, that heart of God. So here, good news is all that stuff happening in your world, when you trust God to be your defender, to be your shield and not respond, but respond the way Jesus would in love, all of a sudden, man, it is a different place. Because when you put yourself out there publicly, like I have with my book, with this podcast, with the speaking that I've done, Dwayne, some of the stuff that comes in here about people who disagree with me, man, it is that this world has become nasty. Yeah, no doubt. And in the beginning, you know, a few years ago, I used to read some of that stuff and obsess over it. What did I do? <laughs> who did I say? You know, how do I do it better? I want to please, you know, I don't want those people to be mad at me. And God's like, no, no, no. Bring everything to me. And if what you are saying is in my word and is alignment with me and pleases me, don't concern yourself about all the other stuff. Amen. And in that, I got to tell you, it was like God just showed me that and I let everything go. And it was almost like taking the chains off. Amen. Hey. For freedom, he set us free. As long as we're free within him, within the Lord, you know, there's freedom. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's, again, that's the, I think that's fruit of abiding because we have this divine kind of peace and confidence because we are, this, you know, sons and daughters of the living God. And he's, he loves us and he's for us. And, you know, we have to stay <clears throat> just like, you know, we can relate to this in the relationship between a you know, parent and a child. And as long as your daddy's, you know, your dad's there with you and you know, he's for you, you know, we can walk through a lot of tough things and know who we are. And that's beautiful. The identity thing is huge. It is huge. And I'd love for you to share a little bit, Dwayne, about, um, we were just talking about heritage yeah. forums. I mean, you guys want to check it out. It's heritageforums.com. Yeah. 
But in all this, what led you, first of all, tell us what it is and what God put on your heart on why you put all this together Yeah. So with everything else you got going on in yeah. your life. Well, again, this is the called the everlasting adventure that God takes us on because, you know, if somebody would have told me, you know, again, whatever, 10 years ago, I was going to do this. I mean, it was not even on my radar, but it's like God just led me down this path and you know, just like he's led you and, and we just step into it. And it's really the most exciting thing I get to do. Basically what the Heritage Forum is, it's a retreat, a two-day retreat for men. We try to keep it pretty intimate. It's at a beautiful place, and you know, Purcell Farms, it's invite only. And where I'm trying to sow good seed into good soil, I say high capacity leaders. These are men of influence that really are not just trying to get through life, but really have capacity to, you know, use what God's given them. And by the way, this is not a money thing. It's really a, it's a be a steward thing. And so, you know, and it generally is geared towards men that are approaching that second half or that, you know, latter part of their lives more in their, you know, mid to late forties into their sixties. Cause really what I'm trying to help people see, cause at that stage for me, when I turned 45, I started thinking differently. Instead of thinking about like all the things I'm going to do to kind of build this and build that, I started thinking really generationally and multiplicatively. How do I equip and sow into others so they can multiply? And this is my family. This is my employees. This is everything. Because you start seeing the unbelievable opportunity to take what God's given you and go sow that seed into people who can multiply and live and think generationally. And of course, I love my family. I think most men, if you really get to their heart, if they have kids, we all want to, you know, have our kids share our values. We all want to have this concept of, you know, kids and grandkids and great grandkids generations really be impacted. So that's the heart of all this. And God just really put that on me. So what I love to do, because I'm basically just taking, like you said, I love what you said, John, the biggest opportunity, the biggest joy in my life is when I get to give away what God's given me, whether that's the gift of knowing him, whether that's the gift of this concept of heritage and abundant living. But I'm just basically taking what God's given me that's blessed me abundantly in my life and is the joy of my life. And I'm just sharing it with other men and trying to plant good ground and hoping that they'll take it and plant it in their families and they'll multiply. Because what I see in the heavenlies is just thousands and thousands of people and generations being impacted. What an amazing thing. And this is he's eternal. In fact, I love this verse. It's one of the verses we're really focusing on at the Heritage Forum. It comes out of 1 Timothy. I'd like to just share this because it's so rich and I think so relatable, but it's 1 Timothy 6 and it's 17 through 19. It says, command those who are rich in this present world which, by the way, is every one of us listening, you know, mostly if you surely if you live in the U.S., <laughs> not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. And I believe it is. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That's how good God is. Like he gives us. If we're abiding in him and walking with him, he's going to give us what we need. And he does it so we can enjoy Like he's for us. He wants us to enjoy this thing called life, but have to do it with purpose. And it says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, 
and be generous and willing to share. And I love this concept of generosity. It's basically giving away what God's given us to being a vessel. And then it says, I love this. This is the best. In this way, they, which is you and me, will lay up treasures for themselves, ourselves, as a firm foundation for the coming age so that we may take hold of the life that's truly life. And I really believe with all my heart, and I've gotten experiences, and, you know, the abundant life God talks about is here today. It's not future. That's why I love heritage, because I love the concept of the legacy, but legacy is kind of what happens after. And a lot of people kind of say, well, one day and this and that, and it's future. No, the heritage, our heritage really turns into our legacy, but heritage is what are you doing today? Because today, this day is that God's made, and he wants us to engage in it make the most of it, be intentional with it. And this is the abundant life. And I think too often we get to the stage of life, we bought into the American dream, which I believe is a scam really, because it's a lie that, hey, I'm gonna you know, do all this and I'm gonna get to the stage of my life where, you know, hey, I've got financial security and all this, and I'm just gonna kind of live the good life, which means I'm not gonna have real purpose. I'm not gonna be out there sowing good seed and I'm just gonna kind of hit cruise. And I'm really trying to give men a different vision, a godly vision, a heritage vision, so they can really see something way better. Because I believe the best time of our life can be those years between 50, 60, 70, 80, and that the best is yet to come. And God, why in the world would God bless us, you know, like he's blessed me and so many with, you know, I got more time, more money, more wisdom, more relationships, more influence more everything than I've ever had, and I have more choices, why would God give me all that for me to go just hang out and play golf? Now, I'm not saying, what I'm saying is it's the more, because there's nobody that has more fun than I do doing more stuff, and I enjoy everything. I love all, I have plenty of hobbies, I got plenty, but I never do anything without a God purpose, because that's really where the richness is, and there's a win-win, there's a what I call, you know, kind of the, the twofer or the threefer with the Lord. And that is the abundant life that God calls us to. And I just want to get men going, hey, man, I'm not over the hill. I'm not going up. I like I'm going after I'm running to the finish line and I'm going to have the best time of my life. And I'm going to have the biggest influence because this is what God can do. And it's a lie in our culture. So I'm trying to just get men away to a quiet place and give them a lot of wisdom and insights and equip them with tools where they come out of there and they're like, Man, I'm so fired up about what God's going to do. I have a clear vision. I'm going to share this with my family. I'm going to involve my family, and I'm going to live generationally. I'm going to enjoy every minute until the day that God takes me to be with him, and I'm going to make the most of it. I'm about to – I'm going this weekend. I've been privileged to build a relationship with John Maxwell. A lot of us know and become friends with John and do some things with John over the years. And, I mean, I love this guy. He's 75 years old. I just went on a trip with him. I've never seen somebody have more energy and more passion to make a bigger impact. And I'm sitting there going, John, you're, you're about to turn 75, man. I mean, you know, he goes, Dwayne, I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying. Like, what else would I be doing? Like, I love doing this. He's out really making an impact and leading people to Christ and changing, you know, literally the impact of countries. But well, you know what? And I hope people heard what just happened there, right? You know, Dwayne, as you're talking about that, Others, it's about the shift in perspective, man. You, you're just energy came up, and you're coming out of your seat, and I can just see the the joy emanating 
out of you and folks listening is, as Dwayne just shared, any doubt, you know, John 10, 10, it says Christ came to give us life so that we could live it to the full. Any doubt that that's where Dwayne is operating from, but it's that shift in perspective because when it's about, hey, I'm going to get mine, right? I want to live the good life. You're talking about a focus that's about self. And when you focus on yourself, your own enjoyment, your own pleasure, what that does Sure, we, you know, the gospel almost has like two parts, right? A, the good news of our salvation in Christ, but also our kingdom mandate to do, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And that requires us to serve God, which means being in service to others. Yeah. That is heritage, that is legacy. And I was telling uh, Dwayne before we started, before I had my accident, because I was doing all the stuff, I was on the boards and coaching little league and working 60 hours a week and getting accolades. And I was absolutely flipping miserable. Right. <laughs> I describe it in my book as a place of smoldering discontent, because what I realized was the focus was on the man in the mirror. And that is why I felt so convicted when I realized when I started, when I had my life laid out in front of me, that I had not lived that life that, out, that would outlive my life. Mm. Right. You know, it's what, 10 years later, if any of you guys knew me 10 years ago, you'd be like, yeah, he was a nice guy. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. You know, what a bummer. You know, the horse killed. Him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, Dwayne, how are you? How's business? How? It wouldn't be like, you know what? That guy changed my life. Amen. That guy brought me to faith. You know what? Because of that guy taking time out of his life to sit down and have coffee with me, I am still married. Amen. I have a relationship with my adult kids and I'm sewing into them because I think parenting adult kids is literally you do all the work until they're college graduates so that you are able to sew into their lives when they're adults. That is when they, in my mind, truly need you is what I'm finding out Amen. with my 23 and 22 year old. What's the relationship I have with my boys? I talk to them almost every day. That was my dream relationship. There are men and women in my life and the Lord that have come alongside me that have created that. That is legacy. Amen. Because you know what? That's a relationship I didn't have with my parents until much later in life. And that's a and that, We're both fired up, man. Like, look, listen to our energy thinking about the blessings that flow back into your life as you're connected to the vine and you're going out and serving others. You talked about John Maxwell. He was my first pastor, by the way. Oh, wow. When I became a new Christian. So tell him I said hi. Well, he's awesome. Uh, he might remember me. He's pretty good with names. He is unbelievable with names. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? As we wrap up, you know, uh, Dwayne, people out there listening right now, man, we start out talking about, you know, what is a legacy, right? And that is doing things today in the present, making those choices that I believe is in seeking God's will and what he's doing in the world and the lives of the people around me. I have stopped praying for God to reveal his will for me. I felt like God showed me like, John, that's not how I want you to pray. I want you to pray for, to partner with me. Like I was reading Exodus and God revealed this to me when I was reading the story of Moses, Dwayne, because I'm like, okay, I want that assignment. I want that calling. I want that tap on the shoulder. I want God to say, you know, go to Egypt or John, go do this. Mm -hmm. But guess what, folks? It wasn't God's will for Moses. No, what God was doing was freeing a nation. Amen. God's will was so much bigger and powerful for millions of people. And he, what he did is he went to Moses and said, here's what I'm doing, and I want you to join me. 
Amen. And that's my prayer is go out and say, God, reveal to me what you're doing in the world, in the life of Dwayne or the Heritage Foundation or whatever it is that my company that I'm working at as an accountant and show me how to partner with you and show up in a way that your kingdom come. And I got to tell you, that is a place where some pretty exciting things happen. But with that, Dwayne, I'd love for you to leave us with some final thoughts here as we wrap yeah, up. A couple of things that I love. We could talk about this all day, and it so excites me as we you know, share uh, just a couple of concepts I'd like to encourage in this. Um, yes, divine connection is the most important thing because God will lead us and guide us. But like everything, I, you know, I love the practical side of things. And I know that's partly what you help people along the way and just some practical things that have been very useful. And a lot of what we teach at the Heritage Forum is intentionality is part of who God is. And so, you know, <clears throat> a lot of this is really taking time to invest in our families and really in just our lives to have to kind of fill that gap. One of the exercises we do at the Heritage Forum, I'd encourage you to do even if you do it with the coach or, you know, and I'm, by the way, I'm a huge believer in having coaches. I have a life coach who really taught me a lot of this, honestly, you know, eight or nine years ago. But one is that we, you take time. We do a eulogy exercise, which is okay. I'm 90 years old. I'm sitting at my funeral, you know, looking back, Hey, what would all these people, my family, my wife, my kids, colleagues, my you know friends, what would they say? And what would I want them to say? And what's the gap? And these are things that we got to recognize. And I think it's a wonderful exercise. It's kind of weird for some people, but it's one of the most, you know, beneficial things I've ever done because that gives us real clarity. And then taking that and forming through, you know, some process, um, there's a lot of, you know, different resources, but actually literally coming up with a family vision, you know, coming up with a mission, coming up with your values as a family, and really, you know, sewing that in and having that, because just like in business, most of us are business people. If we really want our business to be different, we got to know what we're about, what our vision, mission, values are. Without, there's a verse, Proverbs says, without vision, people perish. And as, you know, as men of God, as leaders, we got to have a vision. My family vision that I've formulated with my family over years is that we want to have lasting godly heritage for 10 generations. That's a big deal. And, you know, you start doing the math, that's a God thing. Only God can do that. But how we do that is, you know, we're going to abide in Christ. We're going to be serving others and we're going to be living generously. That is what we're about. We're going to stay connected to the vine. We're going to love and serve others and, and we're going to do it and give it away. And for our family, our values that we're going to have faith. God is the uno. And that's what we, you know, we're rooted in. Um, through abiding. You know, we love family and heritage. We invest a lot. That's what we teach a lot is having these family meetings, especially with adult kids. And so, and what you talked about, John, these adult kids and the gift of having that and really being in a position to, to sow into that and, and persevering through life and not giving up, you know, living generously. We love generosity. We love to give. By the way, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's true. And then, of course, living healthy. And there's a lot of dimensions to that. So that's what our family's about. So I just encourage you to literally take time, however you do that with your coach or whatever, to really, you know, be intentional, have these things in life that make it, you know, not just a concept, but really something you're living, you're talking about, you're 
living in. And I believe that God will use that and really um, it'll be, you will live generationally because you'll be thinking and living day to day and making what God's given you. That becomes your heritage. The, our legacy really is the accumulation of what we do every day over the course of our life. So what we do matters. And so many people kind of you know pushing out to the future, but but today's the day the Lord has made. We need to rejoice in it. We need to make the most of it. And we got to know that this is the only day we get. And that's the day that matters. Love that. And just to put an exclamation point on that, what I learned was regardless of what's happened and where you are in life and how old you are, you have the power through your relationship with the Lord to rewrite that script. Amen. Dwayne talked about, right? What would be written today versus what you want written and closing that gap. That is rewriting your script. And God is there. He is the perfecter and author of your faith. And he is there with the pen to write a new future, one that is absolutely filled with joy, even though you're going to go through adversity. So Dwayne, thank you. Oh, my goodness. What a great conversation. We definitely need to have you back on, man. Keep knocking them alive out there. People connect with Dwayne. What's the best way for people to connect with you, Dwayne? Really, you know, email is good for me. And I'd love to get you, you know, on our, you know, I do this word of the week. Love to share that with you. Love if you're interested in attending the Heritage Forum. Yeah, by the way, the word of the week is awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yep. And that's just something God, you know, is good. But it, yeah, best way is to share my email because that's the way I love, you know, kind of get started on a connection. And if it's it's okay, before we end, I'd love to pray this verse, which was, you know, kind of my theme verse for the Heritage Forum. And um, just share this with you guys before we end. Let's do that. All right. Well, let's pray. So, Lord, we just thank you for this gift of life. And not only life, Lord, you didn't just come to give us life, but you came to give us life to the full. So we can li literally live heaven on earth, Lord, and do what you've called us to do. And thank you, Lord, that you desire to meet with us every day for us to remain in you and stay connected to the vine. And, and you promise us, Lord, it's a promise that if we abide in you, you'll abide in us and we will bear much fruit. And we know the fruit is really how we know. <laughs> it's, the, it's the evidence that we're connected to you. And so I pray for these men, Lord, this verse, which I love, because this is what happens when we stay connected to the vine. It comes from Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. It says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him, that we will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots deep by the stream. We don't fear when the heat comes and our leaves are always green. We don't worry in a year of drought and we never stop bearing fruit. So Lord, let us be bearers of fruit and remain connected to you. Thank you for John, pray blessings over his ministry. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, brother. Keep knocking them alive, my friend. All right. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate you, bro. Hey, I'm going I'm to send you an invite to the Heritage Forum. Hopefully you can come. Oh, that'd be awesome. Peace.